Warning, the following podcast contains strong language, irreverent humor, and graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. Usually we start, uh, we banter a little bit, but um, I think I'm going to go right into introductions since we have you guys today, so. Uh, you there, Leanne? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. So, hi everybody, this is Booze and Ghouls. I'm Alana. I'm Leanne. And we have some special guests with us today. Uh, we have Kimmy and Ryan from the Alluring Podcast. Uh, do you want to explain a little bit to us what your podcast is about and where to find you yes do you want me to do it ryan you take it away (laughs) kimmy oh yeah well (laughs) my name's kimmy that's my co-host ryan and we are the hosts of the podcast alluring that's a-l-o-r-e-i-n-g uh ryan and i we talk about folklore and urban legends and cryptids we get into the history of it and then we'll talk about a few spooky stories. We have like a campfire in the background. So you're going to feel all cozy and spooky right up with us, which is just pretty neat. Yeah, and it's great because if you like listening to us and our stories, you'll definitely love listening to them and their stories. Yes. And then, I don't know, we'll, we can do more call to actions later, but we're just here for a spooky good time and we're pretty hyped about it. Yeah, we're happy to have Yay. you guys here. Um, so I usually, this is the part where I would usually ask Leanne what she's drinking, and then we'll, we'll take it from there because uh, we have a special cocktail today for you guys. Ooh, Ooh yes we do. So um, as I've said before, um, I feel like I've said this tons of times on the podcast, you know, we go camping our once a year where we're at one with nature, and we are doing a signature cocktail this year, so we tried it out on our friends this weekend and they liked it. So it, we're doing it, but it doesn't have a name. And I usually try to name it something that has to do with the story I'm telling, but I'm not naming it because we're going to name it like we do a little competition and everybody names it. And then whichever one we think is the best, they get a gift card. So no name drink has apple juice, caramel vodka, fireball, and a little sugar and cinnamon on the rim. And it is delicious. <laughs> It's so good. Basically like fall in a cup. Um, I don't know if you guys are drinking anything, but you can let us know if you are. <laughs> I'm not having that magical journey as much as I would love to. But um, <laughs> I, I, my like coworker told me of this um, gourmet kind of grocery store where they sell like not like traditional items. And I got like a rose lemonade there. That was lovely. Ooh. So that's my little happy drink today. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds really good. I was uh, I was gonna make a mimosa, then I realized my roommate drank my champagne, so I'm having a beer mosa with blue moon and orange oh. juice. Pretty solid. Oh, that actually sounds really good. Blue moon is uh my one of my favorite beers. Yeah, it's a good one. Put some orange. And juice that's in they it. usually serve it with an orange slice, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. To drink it with orange juice. I bet that's good. Beer mo. Oh, maybe I would like that because I don't like beer at all. 
and I always try to drink it and maybe I would like yeah. it if it had orange juice in it. See, I, I'm with you because I don't like beer. I was like, I want my drinks as fruity as me. Okay, like Yeah. <laughs> I was like Yeah, I'm much like that as well. But honestly, I I tried it. I remember my boyfriend like gave me one and he's like, put an orange in it, it'd be so good. And I put an orange in it and I just looked at him disappointed. I was like, this isn't good, and you've lied to me. You're like, I thought this would change the complete flavor profile of this. Instead, right. it just tastes like beer with an orange in like it. beer anymore. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, I'd be like, nah. Yeah, no, not a fan. Not a fan at all. They do have one that we have around us, this brewing company, and they do a, um, they call it, it's called Blitzen. And it comes around Christmas time, and they I'm convinced the only reason why halfway will tolerate it is that they put sugar and cinnamon on the rim. Ah, uh, yeah, see? So I will drink it. <laughs> Make it a little But that's pretty much it, because, ugh. I'm excited to try that, though, this year, because, well, I like yeah. beer anyway, but we used to, um, I used to live in Texas, and they had this one, Shinerbach makes a, like a wintertime one called shiner cheer and that was like one of my favorites and i think it had like some cinnamon and cloves and stuff in it yeah yeah it's all right i mean it's it's a christmasy time one you guys for sure i just know so much about drinks i'm like i need to message them more about this because i like i tried making like a drink yesterday for like our liquor and lore we do on our like patreon uh-huh. and i was like yeah i'm not built for this i should just take <laughs> cool product photos but i was like it just tastes like rum and lime which is okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, that's funny i feel like i shouldn't be as good as i am with it but <laughs> take well time. we all have our talents this is true right this is true that's an amazing talent. <laughs> like, yeah, we like we like our cocktails for sure, especially in the summertime when my sister and a lot of my friends like to sit outside a lot um, and drink and talk and stuff. So it's just automatic. Got to be outside. You got to have a cocktail. A hundred percent. So I remember I was talking with Kimmy and we were trying to figure out what you know what we would cover for you guys and she said you guys are really into like nautical things yes so we have we have the story of a haunted ship for you today um and kind of we split it up a little similar to what you guys do i had leanne look up all the history and then i have like the spirits so um we'll have her take it away here here in a minute but we're doing the queen mary today Oh, I'm really excited. Let me use this candle real quick. (laughs) (laughs) There you you go. No, I have like a Jesus candle I like during these shows. Because, oh, all right. (laughs) I don't want ghosts in my house, but I like talking about them. (laughs) That's a good plan. (laughs) Not a bad idea. The part Catholic in me is like, get a candle. I'm like, let's do this now. I just always rely on the dogs to let us know if there's anything weird going on here. Yeah, and they will. And I'm sure you'll hear um, my dog barking because she's a maniac. And she's... Well, and then when one gets going, the other one gets going. Well, yeah, that's the thing. They could be... There's nothing going on. Like, there'll be no one here, nothing. And just one of them will get the littlest bark out. And then it's like, the next (laughs) 10 minutes is who can bark the loudest. 
Mm-hmm. Reginald, sound the alarm. <laughs> yes. I always say, like, because my, my dog is uh, part Grey Dane. She's Grey Dane pointer mix. So she, uh, like... You remember the movie uh 100, 100 can I not talk? 101 Dalmatians uh when they were like j- doing the barking little chain to let him know like I don't know that the puppies were okay or something and the great mm-hmm. team like gets on the um fence and he's like Reginald sound the alarms and he's like whoa, whoa, whoa. that is literally <laughs> like my dog all the time. Anytime we're outside she hops up on the front, you know, hops up with on the chain link fence and is like whoa, whoa, whoa. She's got to see if She's her like, friends are out. <laughs> yeah, that's just adorable yeah, we, we love our little puppers here um yeah so i can just like dive right in here to the history yeah go ahead um go for it i was trying to say go for it and then i said go ahead so i was like go ahead for it i'm, go I'm gonna go ahead for it <laughs> Damn. um so it's interesting because i really did not know anything about this my my knowledge of the queen mary was was literally the buzzfeed unsolved episode <laughs> where they went and stayed the night so i was like okay this this will be interesting and it actually was although i apologize in advance because i feel like i'm gonna say uh queen anne a lot for some reason like the cherries and i don't know why but for some reason i keep saying that and i typed queen anne like 45 times in my notes and had to change it so <laughs> I don't know why. Like I have no idea. I just keep, I keep wanting to say Queen Anne. It's okay. We, we got you. We know what you mean. <laughs> it's a struggle over here for me. I don't even know. But anyway, so sorry. Hold on. I got a nice cube. Okay. So, um, so it kind of all started about in 1929. So there was this Cunard Lines. Uh, it's a British cruise line. Uh, that was. They were kind of getting in the area of like really wanting to kind of come up with something new, like technology, just, you know, coming out of the woodwork, really wanting to do something that nothing has ever been done before. And so December 1st in 1930, they decided they were going to start laying the keel plate, which I have no idea what that is, but I'm assuming it's something to build the ship. Um, And they're going to do it. And it was started being called Job 534. So they kind of started in 1930s, at the end of 1930s, and about a year later in the 1931st, 1931, um, they kind of stopped working on it because of the Great Depression, and then, like, they couldn't secure further bank loans, and at that point, the whole of the, uh, the whole plating was about 80% complete, so, and it said that the ship stood nine stories high. So in about a year, they got that much done, but because of the Great Depression, they kind of were like stuck and didn't really, um, weren't able to get any more funds and kind of had to like call it quits for a little bit, which sucks. But then again, the yeah. Great Depression kind of sucked. So yeah, yeah like, you'll have that. I mean, understandable, right? Uh, so about three years later, so January first in nineteen thirty-four, um, they the um Cunard Steamship Company and the White Star Line formed the Cunard White Star uh, and then finally in April of that year they resumed construction so about three years later in 1934 they got they got going again and uh, in September of that year they did name it the Queen Mary obviously after her royal highness Uh, Um, White Star Line is the same one as the Titanic right I think so Mm -hmm. I think so Um, and throwback yeah the Titanic. <laughs> Literally. Like, like threw it back. Yeah. Right. Threw yeah. It. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah. Um, and so then a couple years ago, or a couple years after that, 1936 in March, they departed the John Brown shipyard and they kind of did, I guess, and I don't know tons of ship stuff, but I guess they do like testing speeds, make sure the compass is good, the magnetic um, field of the compass and everything is correct. Mm-hmm. And then um, on May 12th, 1936, they officially handed it over um, to the Canard White Star Line at exactly noon, it said. Don't know what the significance of, is of that, but mm-hmm. it's, it's maybe a- Maybe they were charged hourly <gasps> to do it, Ooh. and if they hit noon, <laughs> they got like, oh, maybe like a little I like overtime. it. I like that it. That makes sense. That's yeah. That's a good theory. That is. I was trying to think that too. It was like, why do you have to record exactly what time it was? But you know, there are some people who just are big history buffs and want to know every little last right. detail. Right. That's so. true. That's true. Um. But yeah, that's maybe that's it. They were like, listen, if we get this bad boy in here at eleven fifty-eight, we got to pay a whole nother hour. So <laughs> we're pulling her in it. We're pulling her in at noon. Um. <laughs> so a couple months after that, Queen Mary departed. Um. The maiden voyage uh, departed Southampton at 4.33 p.m. and then arrived in France at 8.47 p.m. So that was May 27th, 1936. So we're about halfway through uh, the 1930s and we're kind of getting we're getting on to her having her her heyday, if you will. Um, So this ship was like the height of luxury. Um, Anyone who was anyone was on it. And um, so I guess and it said it like. It was only her the sixth round trip voyage for the ship in like August of that year, but the Queen Mary actually won the blue ribbon uh, for the fastest North Atlantic crossings. From uh, oh, they, wow. yeah, it won like um, I guess it was in competition with this French Lines ship Normandy, and it was like they got it in 1936. Then Normandy won it back in 1937. And I guess it was back and forth with them. <laughs> so it was the uh, thing. Like a friendly rivalry. Maybe not so friendly, you know. I was like, out of all the things to to be fair, if I was like, if I was striving, I'd want a boat. That seems like a great flex to have, like, on the entire world. and be like, ah, this is my ship, honey. (laughs) I tell you, I made it over the North Atlantic in record time. Um, Yeah, hell yeah, you can count me in for that. Um, (laughs) Right? Loving it loving it and it was like that it was like the luxury liner everyone loved it everyone wanted to be part of it well come here comes world war ii so they decided that it was no longer going to be a luxury liner but it was going to be needed for um to be a troop ship so and this is kind of where i feel like uh this is ghost time now so on well okay on august 30th 1939 that was when it had left for its final peacetime voyage uh, said it carried the largest number of passengers, so about 2,500, including Mr. and Mrs. Bob Hope and millions oh. worth of gold bullion. Oh. oh. I hope nothing <laughs> bad happens. Right, exactly, right. They <laughs> made right. their through okay, like, I guess, because they didn't say that they, you know, that they were lost at sea or anything or that they were having, okay. having to throw the gold bullion over ship or anything. <laughs> Can you imagine that shipwreck if, if you were exploring it? You're like, look at all this gold. Oh, I'd be diving down there right now. (laughs) With my student loan debts? Totally. (laughs) Right? I've got a debilitating fear of sharks, but I'm going to go fish out a scuba tank and those are all that gold bullion to be found. (laughs) Oh, 110. 110%. Especially, like, remember that one movie? um, 
it had Paul Walker in it. They were they were like looking in the ship or whatever. There was like a shipwreck, and then they found all those that gold. I vaguely remember this. It's a good ass movie, but I don't remember the name. So obviously, it wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. I don't. Whatever. It's Paul Walker. You know. Into the blue. Into the blue. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that movie was. I mean, it wasn't like you know a cinematic masterpiece or anything. Yeah. But it was a good movie. They were like, yeah, yeah. Different type of gold they were looking for in that movie. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Yes, definitely. Um, But yeah, so during World War II, so it did, it was uh, due to like the size of it and the speed of it, they redesigned it to be a troop ship. Um, So they, and they said in the article that it did play a pivotal role in, uh, in this, in the victory. So, uh, they renamed it the Gray Ghost. And I said, I feel like this is ghost time for sure. Um, because now... That's just such a badass name for a ship anyway. Seriously? It is. If you're out there on the waters and you're like, oh no, here comes the Gray Ghost. You're getting out of the way. Oh, you're moving for sure. For sure. And it's like, you know, when it's all nice and fancy and everybody's loving it and oh, so cool and we're on the queen mary and we're rich everything's great but then when it's a military one and they've got all this stuff going on then it's kind of like okay yeah this is where we're going to be getting some ghosts later i can already tell you um and also it's named the gray ghost so there you go yeah um so i put this is what i put my notes i'm such an idiot i was tired i said fear war open waters all great recipes for paranormal activity no, that's true though. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so when you when you make like a spooky nautical drink, you need that <gasps> to be part of like your description. The gray ghost. I kind of okay, hate well, myself for not doing that. Obviously, the gray ghost has to have gray goose in it. <sighs> Naturally, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's only it's only right. Oh yes. my gosh! You know that's an opportunity missed. We really should have done that. No, 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 no. You guys, TM, TM right now. TM, TM. Right. You guys are going to do it. It's yes. in the queue. Definitely. Sneak preview. Oh, I have to I think got, of oh, something that would that. add the color to it. You want it to look kind of cloudy and be spooky. Oh, yeah. Some like shaken blue Krakow or Carousel. Yeah. Whatever you say. Yeah. See, I don't know much about drink making because I suck at it, which is why I'm a good artist. Like I had to balance out somewhere. But you could put like little <laughs> shark gummies in it and like a drop yes. of red. <laughs> so it's like blood in the ocean. That is a really good idea. You just, you you just created like your first drink. Uh, see, I don't know the flavors to put together, but I know aesthetically what to do. <laughs> oh, that's, I like it. The Draco. Okay, yeah, we're going to make that for yeah. sure. Um. So yeah, in 1940, they uh, the Gray Ghost made its first voyage as a troop ship, and they obviously were packing people on there. Uh, they I had like I think, um, 5,500 troops, and which is insane because like when it was the Queen Mary and it was a luxury line, there was way less people on there. Uh, and then in 1942, actually, the uh, it was the first time that this ship carried American troops. And so one of the kind of the big first things where it's like, okay, this, you know, this ship has done some damage. Uh, in 1940, no, yeah, in 1942 in October, uh, the Queen Mary collided with a British uh, cruiser called the Kurokoa. Kurokoa? I think that's what it's called. Anyway, it just literally like sliced it, like sliced through it, like 
Uh, I mean, this sucker was huge, and the other the, the other little British liner was so small. Uh, they lost over 300 men, and I said, and so it begins our continuous death toll. Um, so also at the time, the Grey Ghost was carrying uh, German prisoners of war. So I'm thinking that right there, you know, they probably were not treating them the best. Uh, you know, probably more murders that they would just kind of like, sh- you know, throw the dead body over the side of the, the boat or whatever. So these are, you know, things that are not making it look like this is going to be a super duper duper happy paranormal free place, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So in 1945, the war ended. Um, they the artillery like pretty much was removed from the ship. Um, they but they still at that point were still having uh, military personnel. Then eventually, with the war completely over, they wanted to get the Queen Mary liner back. So in a mid-1947, they did begin getting it back. And in this late summer of 1947, the Queen Mary made her first post-war voyage. Um, about 1,800 crew, uh, passengers and about 1,200 crew members. And then um, apparently, like, it had changed uh, hands a couple times due to financial reason- reasons. But things seemed to be, like, going okay. You know, they had redone it from ha- after the war um famous people winston churchill walt disney was were out like both of them traveled on it more than once i believe yeah and then of course like the royal family did so it was kind of back to its old glory got a new paint job it was yeah, ready yeah, got a fancy new shine on it the only problem was is that um you know it said in 1962 it was kind of clear that things were coming to an end with like ship travel and that people were kind of starting to look into like air travel as mm. as the new yeah. frontier. So um, I guess in March of sixty two there was some flooding done to several stories, and it was just kind of obvious that the ship was kind of had had seen its heyday already, and it was kind of going to be done. Um, and I thought this was interesting. I put this in my notes. So in nineteen fifty four, about a million people traveled by ship, and only about six hundred thousand by air. Okay. In 1957, still a million by ship, but like over a million by air. And then in 1961, what? by ship, 75 or 750,000, by air, 2 million. Wow. And then in 1965, it dropped down to people traveling by ship was only 650,000, and by air, 4 million. Yeah, so more and more people yeah. are using. So uh, it was a very stark. Airlines. Yeah, it was a very stark. Like, it was kind of a slower drop for ships, but it was a huge increase for air. I mean, it was just, like, so much easier to get around and all of that that, you know, people were like, takes oh, less why would time. I... Say what you said again? I said it takes less time. Oh, yeah, exactly. It takes less time. You, you know, it's 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 just a lot easier than, oh, I got to get on the ship for a month to get where I'm going. Um, and so in 1967, Long Beach, California, put in a bid of almost $3.5 million to get the Queen Mary. Um, and so on December 9th of that year, it actually became officially comes to Long Beach. Uh, and so in 1971, the Queen Mary opened for tour. So at first it was just like you could go in and you could look at the, um, the sto- some of the stories and the powertrain tour in Upper Decks. And it was open, only open on the weekends. Well, then that did well and people were enjoying it and finding it interesting. So then in 1972, they actually started to open up hotel rooms where you could actually come in, dine, stay overnight, stuff like that. And I thought Ooh. this was interesting, too. Disney actually owned it. Oh. At one point, yeah. So uh, they had taken ownership of it and actually stopped taking ownership of it in 1992. 
Uh, and then it did reopen in February 1993 over some, you know, and having different different uh, owners and stuff. But they still they continue to have different exhibitions, uh, celebrations. They had a Titanic museum on there once. Ironic, of but course. okay, <laughs> we'll go with it. I'm not as you do, um, right? That's, as you do. Yeah, that's the then, last place I'd want to like. <laughs> watch like videos about right. a sinking boat is on I, I don't want to be on a boat yeah. <laughs> no no I'm not a fan of that not it would be so uh, the prank the prank you could pull if you were on that ship with someone you knew and they were watching that movie and it's dark just like go spill some water by their feet at one point <gasps> oh no <laughs> oh my goodness you just hide Uh-oh. around the corner with a bucket of water and dump it <laughs> <laughs> we're sinking just take it on water. Especially if they're tipsy enough. Oh, oh that yeah. Would be a great, <laughs> great 10 minutes. <laughs> That's so funny. Or just very quietly in the background. Every night in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Which, FYI, really was the first CD I think I ever bought in my life with my own Love money. It. Was the Titanic soundtrack. And I played that bitch, and let me just tell you, I thought I was the coolest person alive. Playing that, I like I, that. like I had experienced the true, the true heartbreak of losing someone in a shipwreck. The way I was like listening to this music. <laughs> so ridiculous. I, I have a funny Titanic thing, Titanic tangent. Um, and this goes. There's like a pattern with me in movies. I can't handle sad movies apparently, because when I was little, I'd watch this with my parents. But I would get so sad when Jack died because he was like one of my first boy crushes. Oh, yeah. And so my parents would have to keep rewinding it to the point where he doesn't die and then end the movie. <laughs> so I wouldn't be sad about his death because I would just cry the whole night. And I was like little Kimmy. This is like five, six, I want to say. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. End it right as it's I'm flying Jack and then movie ends real <laughs> credit. Yeah. <laughs> After. And they live <laughs> happily ever after. <laughs> and we had we had like the special edition where there was like the Jack version and like the Rose version, I think, where it was like the two different discs. Oh yeah. So oh. there was like one they played for me. I can't remember which one, but they're like I remember Jack. I'm old enough that I had that on VHS. <laughs> and it came in the two pack. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yes, it was Couldn't too long up. of a movie to be on one VHS. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. I don't even know. It's funny to think about VHSs and like just I was laughing. I was telling Alana um, a couple summers ago, my niece, my niece and I are really close in age. So we're only five years apart. And uh, her son was uh, at the time, I think, was in like second grade. And she told him it was during the summer. I'm a teacher, so I'm off in the summer. So I was like, hey, she's like, hey, um, Aunt Leanne and I are going to take you to go see Aladdin in the movie theater tomorrow. And he was like, you know, like the real Aladdin with uh, like the real life. The live action one. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And he was like, if it's in black and white, I don't want to see it. <laughs> oh my niece is like, how old do you think we are? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess like to some kids, like nowadays, you know, they, they, yeah, they don't know. They just was. Oh my goodness. That's oh funny. Man. Oh, oh goodness, I feel but... old now. I know. That's same great. here. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's actually the end of the history. Just they still have some things, some celebrations and stuff. I guess they actually had a Princess Diana uh, celebration there at one point, um, I read. But yeah, so it has a very, um, an interesting history. I mean, there's a lot of luxury, a lot of awesome times. And then there's a lot of sad, you know, losing lives, fighting in wars, a lot of unrest. And then, you know, obviously with them having um, enemy prisoners there, I'm sure they were just treated poorly. Yeah, sadly. Which is why I'm sure it's haunted. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I've got the haunting side of it. And as Leanne just described the fraught history of the Queen Mary, you might have guessed that that makes for some pretty restless spirits. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been quite a few ghost sightings and apparitions reported over the years uh, that it's been in operation. And according to some sources, there are over... 150 ghosts that have been documented aboard the Queen Mary. Wow. Um, I don't know where that number comes from, but I did see it and I was like, oh, we'll go with it. Yeah, it works. I did find a Los Angeles Times article from 1988, which was actually announcing the commencement of ghost tours uh, aboard (gasps) Ah! the vessel. So that's when they first started doing ghost tours there. I think they had already been in operation as a hotel and people had been reporting things happening. So they decided, hey, let's make some money off of this and do some ghost tours, you know. Yeah, you might as well monopolize on that. Because capitalism. I was like, ah, capitalism striving on the death of individuals. (laughs) So there's actually been 47 recorded deaths on board um, since the Queen Mary launched in 1936, but those are only the ones that happened actually on board the ship and that were recorded. Like right. she said before, there was that smaller ship that was out in front of the Queen Mary, and when they crashed into that one, there were 300 people who died, mm. and who knows what happened to the prisoners of war that were there. Um, so everything else is pretty much hearsay as far as like the violence and the death on, on board, but so far... In that article from 1988, there was 47 deaths on board. Oh, yeah. It's so probably the most, more than wow. that. There's probably a lot more death and violence associated with the ship in general. But that was how many there were at that time. And then the most haunted room is reportedly the stateroom B340, which had a history even before the Queen Mary became a hotel. Hmm. So in 1948... There was a British third class passenger because remember they used to separate them into classes. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, so a, it was like, that's a great thing to do. They don't people. do that anymore. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I don't know. They do. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember. I've been on a cruise before, but like, I don't. I still think it's like you have to pay more to stay in the upper oh, deck. Yeah, of course. But yeah. they don't like say. But they don't like tell you, "Hey, you're third class." Yeah. <laughs> but you you don't have it. to stay. But you on know the you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know you are because of how much you pay to stay there, and you're like yeah. you're you have a tiny porthole instead of like a nice balcony. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. at the time, so this British passenger Walter J. Adamson uh, died in that room, and mm-hmm. we don't know the causes. Like he, it just is reported that he died there. Yikes. Then, in 1966. A woman who was staying in the room woke up out of a sound sleep when the bed covers were pulled off of her. Huh. No. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> and so she looked up and she saw a man standing at the foot of her bed. Um, naturally, she screamed and ran out of there and tried to find somebody. And they were, she's like, there's a man in my room, you know, come, come check. And they went in and looked and there was nobody there. 
he had vanished. Oh. <laughs> nope. So, other other weird happenings in this room were reported back to the final ocean voyage in 1967, and they include complaints from guests saying that someone was knocking on the door in the middle of the night. Um, hmm. They've experienced lights turning off and on by themselves, and the water running without anyone having turned on the faucet. Uh, apparently even the maids would complain that the covers would be pulled off the beds right after they made them. <laughs> so they're in there making the beds and then something just yanks the sheets off and they're like, what the fuck? I just That's, made this bed. <laughs> right. It's just rude. <laughs> right. Just rude. So for a period of time, this room was even closed down um, to guests and they, they like kind of stripped it bare, you know, no carpet, no beds, no nothing. And it was uh, during this time, that BuzzFeed Unsolved investigated the Queen Mary, like we were talking about before, which is where I first really learned of it and its hauntings. And they stayed overnight in this room um, on the floor in sleeping bags, which <laughs> there's Not no way thing. I'd be sleeping. Um, there's no way I'd be sleeping even if I were sleeping in a bed in this room, but... No, no chance. Yeah, that, yeah, that just looked really uncomfortable. But there- since then, it has been completely renovated, and is now available to guests who want to experience the haunted room for a mere five hundred dollars a night. Jesus Christ! Oh, you still right? gotta be rich to get to get uh, spooked. Yeah, it's it's for the wealthy ghost hunters among <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <laughs> but actually, speaking of Buzzfeed Unsolved, the Queen Mary was at was the place that convinced Ryan, who is the believer in the show, if you haven't seen it, uh, that ghosts are in fact real because he stayed there. Uh, some 10 years or so before their investigation. And while he slept, he was repeatedly poked in the face. So he was thinking it's one of his buddy. He wakes up and looks and they're all sleeping. Um, and there was nobody there. Then he also showed some footage of, he had like a Ziploc baggie with toothpaste um, on top of it. And it looks like some unseen force kind of yanks the baggie up and knocks no. the toothpaste onto the floor. Oh, the footage it's- is insane. It is no. really creepy looking, yeah. And he said that, that before that, he wasn't really sure if ghosts were real. But once he stayed there, he was like, no, I believe in ghosts now. So oh. that's that's the power of the Queen Mary. Oh, right. I, I do love Ryan, though, because um, I... Well, I love you too, Ryan. I'm talking about the one on BuzzFeed Unsolved. Yeah, right? I, I get it, I get it. <laughs> but um, he... There's, like, one of the first ones I saw with him he like goes to a priest like and asks what to do yes. and like he's in the house like holding the holy water bottle i'm like yes. oh look that's me my favorite is there's so like much too there's like one episode they go somewhere and he has like a squirt gun that's yep. full of holy water <laughs> i may have done that twice in my life <laughs> i definitely think that that's a good idea <laughs> the one who dances on the goat man's bridge Right, yes, <laughs> yes. Dancing on a bridge, goat man. <laughs> That's the best too. Uh, no. Is when Ryan, like, after Ryan will go somewhere, he'll be scared out of his mind, and then there won't like nothing will happen, and then he'll be like, "Oh yeah, well you'll never see this face again." Then he gets like super mouthy with the ghost. Oh my god! Oh, I, <laughs> so I don't funny. get mouthy with the ghost. I'm no, like, no. I'm not here for that. I know, I know where I stand in the exactly. high Right, exactly. Exactly. You can just leave me alone, and everything will be yep, fine. I'm not gonna mess yeah. with you. Like, it's not a problem. I learned about consent at a very young right. age. Like, <laughs> right. This goes both ways. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So there's an- 
I'm going to go over some of the other haunted spots in the ship. The One of them is, I'm, I'm gonna, I know I'm not going to pronounce this right, the Mauritania Room, Mauritania. Um, it's another one of the most haunted rooms. I mean, I think everywhere in the ship is haunted. But apparently, in 1989, the room was being cleared by some of the staff, and several people encountered what they assumed was just a passenger sitting in the empty room alone. So they were, like, calling to this lady and being like, come on, you got to get out of here. We're trying to clean the room. And then they go to call security on her because she's not moving. And as they watch, she disappears right in front of them. (laughs) And... All three of the witnesses corroborated seeing that there was this woman there and then she just disappeared. Oh my gosh. I'd be like, well, time for a new job. Right, yep, right? I quit. It was my two weeks notice. See you later. Um, there was also, there's also the Mayfair room, which used to be the ship's beauty salon, but now they use it as uh, like administrative offices. So in 2001, one of the accountants came in early at work and just kind of felt like, oh, something's a little off. So she just started about her day, going about her business, sit down at her desk, and she starts feeling it's like a cool breeze in the room. You know, it's like, it's not supposed to be that cold. She set the thermostat that cold. Then she felt something kind of push the back of her chair, but when she looked, there's nothing there. So after that, she sees a transparent figure in white walk across the room and pass right through the door. So that was like, she got the hell out of Dodge real fast. (laughs) Right. Um, It doesn't say whether she quit or not, but I would be willing to bet money on that. (laughs) Because that's what I would do. She's out. (laughs) Peace. That was great. I had a great time. Never again. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Good working here while it lasted, but I'm done. I don't want any more ghosts. They also had, there used to be, when it was, you know, the height of luxury, there was a pool on board. It was like the first class pool, so probably in the upper decks. And they had, it had an illuminated fountain, a ceiling that was made of mother of pearl, and all these like mosaic tiles. And it's no longer in use, but it seems that the spirits don't know that because guests have reported seeing several ghosts in the area, including a young woman in a skirt walking down the stairs and disappearing behind the pillar. Hmm. Um, a woman in an old wedding gown who's standing next to the pool with a little boy in a suit. So I guess like they had a wedding there. Um, and then You're a cloud of steam. Swim. Right? And then a cloud of steam that just appears out of nowhere along with a little girl in a blue and white dress who will also vanish before your eyes. So apparently the spirits on the Queen Mary are real big on like Hi, and then just vanishing. <laughs> and just freaking the fuck out of everybody. <laughs> right, well, you know. Uh, and then some of the other places, there's a boiler room, number four, in which witnesses have reported seeing a little girl in the area who sometimes will be sucking her thumb and other times holding a doll. Can which we is not like, with the children? No, yeah, I'm right. sorry, so there creepy. are too many damn children on this boat. There's so children in the boiler room. Are the, that's my main question. <laughs> right? Like, what right. happened? Like, why is she in the boiler room? She yeah. should be down there. So creepy. Um, yeah. I Kid ghosts creep me out the most. Oh, yeah. They're just like, why? <laughs> why are you there? Um, so another area is there. Well, I don't know exactly what all these places do, but there's a hatch number 13. So, you know, already that's the unlucky number. Mm-hmm. But this area is called Shaft Alley, and so there's all these hatches that were, like, automatic, 
and it was the site of an accident where a crewman was crushed to death. Oh, no. So, uh, that's a yeah. negative Ghost Rider. I don't right. like that. <laughs> <laughs> In 1966, the watertight doors and the engine and boiler rooms were ordered to be closed. So, you know, they they just close them right away. And shortly after that, they find this 18-year-old crew member from Yorkshire um, who had been crushed underneath the door uh, hatch 13, trapped with his arms pinned to his side. They freed him, and they brought him to the hospital ward, but it was already too late. He had uh, probably lost too much blood, too much injury, and he passed away. So his ghost is now seen around that area with people reporting the sound of someone running behind them or whistling. Other people said that this is really creepy. I don't like this at all. Other people have said that spots of grease that look like fingerprints just appeared on their faces. Oh. No! Not like no. Just burn the whole ship. Don't like, touch yeah, me. Burn, exactly. Oh, no, no. Uh, and some people say they see a bearded man in blue coveralls. And that he'll, he'll, like, appear in the corner of their eyes and then vanish. And people, uh, other people say uh, they've seen an engineer roaming around asking random guests if they had seen his wrench. But when they, like, go back and be like, oh, no, I didn't see a wrench or whatever, he's, like, already gone. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. Uh, another ghost that's reported is the senior second officer, Stark, who died after drinking what he thought was gin, but it was actually cleaning fluid. Oh, oh, yeah. that's terrible. So, another, another nice rule to have is don't store your liquor next to your cleaning supplies. You know, that is <laughs> a rule. That's probably a bad idea. You would think you wouldn't have to tell people, but... <laughs> right. Here we are. Because <laughs> that's just... What a horrible way to die. Oh, yeah. There is also kind of like a rumor, legend thing. This can't be uh, verified by any sources, but... It's a popular legend aboard the Queen Mary that there was a chef who was baked in his own oven after some unruly passengers deemed his food unworthy of consumption. Wow. A little harsh, in my opinion, but... A little harsh, a little harsh, you know, like, you could just leave a bad review. Yeah. Um, Just yelp it, maybe. You don't, yeah, you don't need to, you don't need to stuff them in the oven. I, that's some... Give some normal feedback. some Hansel (laughs) and Gretel shit right there. (laughs) Man, I just what? had bacon too. Ah. I just like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so again, that can't be verified, but it certainly adds to like the whole macabre mystique of the Queen Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So my last little bit here is I found a sci-fi article uh, from 2019 written by someone named Julie Tremaine, and she had stayed in room B340, the newly renovated room, um, alone. Before that, uh, she was with a group that were doing some paranormal investigation, and they had conducted some experiments in the room. Like, I think uh, there was maybe a Ouija board involved, some EVP session, whatever. She writes, this is a quote, There were many frustrated spirits in that room and a huge amount of confused, angry energy. At one point, after Greg pressed the issue of why a spirit wasn't telling us its name, it hissed, hassle right before going silent for the night oh so apparently these spirits are like we don't want nothing to do with you right we don't want any of your shit go away we're done yeah it's too much of a hassle yeah. so the other investigators all left the room around 2 a.m and they asked her if she wanted to stay there by herself which she accepted for some reason and then she said everything was fine until 3 a.m when she started hearing voices oh of course that's always when it happens, right? Right, right. 3 a.m. <laughs> right. 
So apparently, uh, visitors to the Queen Mary will try to steal the room number Beef 340 because it's so infamous. Um, so it's currently unmarked. They don't have it, the room marked. But people will still try to come by and see what they can see or experience, even if it's occupied. But, like, she didn't know that at the time. So we don't know if, like, it's paranormal or if it's just people in the ship. But either way, if you're staying somewhere alone and there's someone knocking on your door at 3 a.m. and whispering, it's going to be creepy either way. Right. Probably just don't answer it. Right, so, yeah. yeah. Be like, go away. <laughs> we don't want any. Right. Um, well, we have ring doorbell. So she, yeah, she wrote of her time there. Quote, it's easy to ascribe a supernatural origin to any single noise emanating through those paper-thin walls because you're expecting, hoping, dreading to experience something you can't explain but i was too busy jumping out of my skin at the completely mundane to experience the paranormal which made the night no less terrifying end quote Hmm. um and then she went on to say that she looked at some footage from their paranormal investigation the next day and they had one of those sls cameras that kind of maps the figures you know it's like a stick figure yeah that thing um yeah so she said when she looked at that there was an unseen figure standing right next to her um when she was in the room no. And then she, I don't, I could, yeah, I no, answer. no, thank you. I, I don't, that sounds not for me. That um, and then, not for me. <laughs> not for me. Same. She <laughs> then said, quote, the following evening when I investigated the boiler rooms, four stories below sea level, I'm certain I saw something move when no one was there, end quote. Um, so that's, maybe that's the little girl with the doll. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Who knows what she saw in the boiler room? Jesus. Uh, but suffice no. it to say, she wasn't going to be going back anytime soon. No. Yeah. So that's that's about what I have for the Queen Mary. Uh, what do you guys Ooh. think? Would you stay there? Would you stay in Ruby <laughs> 340? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask my Jesus candle. Yeah. Hey, what do you think I'll do? He says yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, it's no for him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with uh. Well, I would like to take a tour during the daytime, yeah. but I'm definitely not staying overnight there. That's gonna be a hell no for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I actually have stayed not on the boat, but in the same harbor on a boat one time. <gasps> and just like oh, really? the boat itself is just ominous enough, just like looking at it. So absolutely not. I, w- I would never step foot on that boat. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not having it. I mean, like I would, uh-uh. I would go for on a tour during the day, but there's not a chance. Definitely way before, way before sunset, we leave in. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm saying that sun starts going down. Yeah. Maybe nice a nice lunchtime tour with a tour guide. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna feed around. me lunch, then yes, I'll make I'll make I'll make <laughs> it happen. Listen, if the tour guide is Jack Sparrow, then I will step on the ship, right. and that will oh. be it. That's the only way that's happening. Yeah, it's, it's well, that's fair. That's something fair. that's not probably gonna work out for me. And I'm not like there are some places where I say I'll go. You know when we learn about him but for some reason this place is just it seems to me like it's it's just not a good not a good not a good fit pretty creepy mm-hmm. and not, not down with it. it's not like fun spooky like ooh, there's like right. a cat ghost on the bed you know right it's just malibu. Yeah, it's like, it's oh, like... this, this guy is looking for his wrench and he's gonna bash you in the head with it right <laughs> they're gonna pull <laughs> your sheets off while you're sleeping right no thanks nope no. i'm all set on no, that no 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 never ever I will yeah. pass on that ship opportunity. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Well, why don't you guys uh, go ahead and tell us where our, our listeners were to find you? You want to go, Ryan? <laughs> uh, you you are a far better uh, person for this. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so again, um, my name's Kimmy. That's my co-host Ryan, hey. and we have the podcast Alluring. And we talk about like urban legends, cryptids, and folklore, and we dive into the history and sightings about it. You guys can listen to Alluring anywhere podcasts are heard. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G. And you can visit our website, Alluring.com, and you can find us anywhere. Um, we do have like bonus stuff we even do on Patreon, like liquor and lore. Um, obviously, I'm going to be hitting you two up about drink making to help improve that segment because <laughs> you guys know what's up but oh uh, yeah check us out we'd love we'd love if you guys come and stop by around our little campfire and enjoyed a little spooky tale <laughs> awesome yeah definitely thank you guys so much for coming on and um definitely check them out it's a good time uh you know if you like our spooky tales i think you'll enjoy their spooky tales agreed definitely yeah. Hell yeah, and thanks for having us. This was we had a fun day we're doing recording with you guys. Yes, <laughs> yes. Loved it. It's always good to have some different stories. Like I had never even thought about fairies and um now with this it's really cool. Yeah. Well Ian, uh, you wanna do our little sign off so I can end the recording here? Yeah, well I didn't know if you were gonna say like um where we could be located to, so that's why I didn't say it. I might I could just end oh, right. oh, Lord. <laughs> I'll on. just add it in you later. The dogs. <laughs> Gosh, there they go well until next time stay boozy friends if you like the show please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes and to contact us you can reach out via email boozingghoulspod at gmail.com or you can follow us on twitter at boozingghouls or on instagram at boozingghoulspod Thank you.